You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market, and Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody. Oh, yeah, we got them back. We've got the sexiest man in first light, the sexiest waterfowl content manager in first light. We got him. And uh, you know what? No big deal. This is his third time on the show. So um, it's no big deal. The rest of you can all hate all you want, but uh, we got him. Um, so episode 123 of the Union 0430, we are joined with Mr. Logan Williamson from First Light, the Waterfowl Category Manager. We got Philly coming to us tonight. Philly is all excited. He's been out shooting some geese and and got into some mallards. Um, yeah. And he's been rubbing it into me just a little bit because I haven't been out the last last week or so. So, um, you know, I'll go kick him in the nuts. I'm I'm going down to Oshawa literally <laughs> hey, just to kick I, him in the nuts. Um, I, I shot my first Ontario duck today. Yeah, which, which is crazy. Which is I crazy. Shot a but, pile in Saskatchewan. Yeah, shot my first one Ontario today. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, uh, the weather patterns and all that shit. Uh, as as we get on to the show but um philly's coming to us from outside of port perry ontario logan's coming to us all the way from ketchum idaho the headquarters of first light um i did want to talk i did want to talk about this flagship store that you guys got there too because that looks pretty sick dude um but we'll get we'll get into that as we go but logan buddy Thanks again for coming on. I know it was short notice. I only asked you yesterday if you'd come on and you cleared up your schedule and uh, come and hung out with us retro baits for an hour. Well, I appreciate you making it sound like I have a social life. I actually do not have anything going on this evening. It was uh, it was perfect. I was like, great. I get to uh, hang out with these guys and not be alone with my thoughts. No, but it, it was great. It's always a fun time jumping on with you guys. Um, and it's been too long since, I mean, since I've talked to any of you individually, personally, but certainly since we've done this. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, like it is, and this is what Phil and I were talking about before you jumped on is, is that like, Pretty much everybody is into their um, waterfowl seasons now, like north of the border and south of the border. Everybody's into the, so this. You guys must be running around like a bunch of chickens with your head cut off at at the office right now because, uh, like I see it. Like if you follow social media and you follow, so a you follow the first light socials, but then there's these first light buy and sell groups that that there's just gear just that's just moving like fellas will order something and and it's not fitting them the way they want so they're just they're selling it to, in order to get it up at a, a size and and stuff and it's just like it's just gear overload that's just flying all over the place so um congrats to first light right off the bat because um it must be crazy busy and everybody must be in a good i, I i'm guessing that there's not many sad days in in, in headquarters right now well, you know, just like anyone else's um, jobs or industries, you know, we have, uh, you know, in season, we have our busy season. 
And what's uh, unfortunate and something I'm sure you guys can relate to is uh, being in season for work and being in season for your pursuit. And, you know, that's something we've actually been dealing with since uh, archery antelope in the office, uh, archery antelope opened here yeah. in August. And so from August until now we've been, I mean, everyone's just been hitting the mountain, hitting the trails. Finally, though, uh, big game season starting to wind down and uh, just in time, the migration, the ducks have just started to show up here in Idaho. So um, we've, we timed it pretty nicely. It was nice of the ducks to do that for us just to yeah. wait until deer season got over before they decided to come on down. But uh, weather's looking good. I mean, it's been uh, about 12 degrees in the morning uh, down here. So it's been chilly. Uh, yeah. Those birds are definitely coming down from Canada and making pit stops. Sun Valley is a nice little spot for them, especially just South Valley. We're right where the desert, uh, kind of this oasis, right where the desert meets, meets the okay. mountains. Uh, and it's a good, good spot for ducks holds a lot of ducks uh, annually. Um, and then just a really good pit stop for those migrators. That's Awesome. So you know when the migrators show up because we actually start killing ducks, all the local ducks and they know the program. They yeah, 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 they yeah, do yeah. one flyby and they're like, Yeah, yeah. whatever, loser. <laughs> we see you guys. That's the same spread you had last year, ass that exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um well, yeah, go for Philly. Oh, I'll say it's funny, like I so I've since I've been back from Saskatchewan and then did the Punisher camp, like I have not hunted any of my my fields around my parts until mm -hmm. yesterday. And I, I took uh, took a coworker out yesterday and his young lad just to watch. And we got our 10, 10 geese and like, they were all heavies. They were resident birds, not a single migrator. I go this morning, again, same field. I only shot two geese, again, big heavies. And the one mallard that I did shoot was fat. Oh yeah. Like armor plated nice. fat and green. But again, all the all the Canada's, all big heavies, no no little baby chickens, nothing from James Bay, no lessers, nothing. Well, it, yeah, like it's still weird, man. Like the birds that are shown. So uh, Jason Sear and I were were fixing up a piece of property that we're hoping we're going to be able to hunt it um, late season. We were out for a sit down the other day just to, just to watch. We had wood ducks still dropping in, and I mean, oh. you have never. Philly, I'm telling you, you have never seen this color of a wood duck before, because usually this time of the year, they're long gone at a Ontario. Oh, yeah. they they're not hanging gone. around. And now, buddy, it is probably the prettiest thing I've ever seen. The colors are just amazing. So it's really weird, Logan. Like up here, like we're, we've just started to get our cold weather within the last week, week and a half. Up until then, we're yeah. like, you know, we're hitting, you know, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Um, I appreciate Wednesday. you doing the conversion for me before <laughs> saying that. Well, today, today's Wednesday, a week and a half ago, it was like 21, 22 degrees here in Port Perry. Yeah. So, which is, so which is 69, like, 70. Well, it's going to be higher than again. that. Yeah. I started to Google it. <laughs> no, no. 80. Uh, like no, it, it 20, was, was 21, 21 degrees is like 70. Yeah. Like I was out in a t-shirt cutting my goddamn lawn. Crazy. Again, Cause the grass just keeps growing. The and, and I'm getting good at this Fahrenheit conversion thing. And it's funny cause I done a video the other day. Uh, Oh, it was the video I done for, uh, 
the on compadre jacket. Yep. And, I was and a, very impressed. Very and a guy, impressed with the on the fly conversions. And uh, and this guy wrote me and he was like, what the hell is this metric crap that you're talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, um, but it goes to show, like I looked at the analytics of the show today um, over the last, I think it was 20 days. Uh, there's been almost a thousand downloads from from south of the border and just 300 just 300 in canada right so um i gotta get i can't do the miles i still can't do miles to kilometers but uh, i'm starting to i'm starting to work on the temperature from fahrenheit to celsius one to 1.6 okay that's that's one mile if you say so phil 1.6 kilometers okay so tangent tangent number one's off the books check um, put that one in. So let's but talk Logan, about some gear. Yeah, let's talk about some gear. So um I know I brought up the on compadre jacket, which isn't a, a a true waterfowl product from from the first light line, but I was telling Phil about it because Phil's got a jacket um and he's like the same thing, right? He's wondering about layering, the colder systems come the colder seasons coming in, and I'm I'm telling him, right? I'm like, well, you know. The refuge jacket is out there, but that's a heavy jacket or mm-hmm. not a heavy jacket, but a. it but is. For, oh, it's, it's yeah. Heavily insulated. Super yeah, warm. But I for mean, late, late season, like mm-hmm. this time of the year, I'm, I'm saying to Phil, I'm like, sure. listen, you, you need that uncompadre jacket as, as your mid layer. And he's got the furnace and he's got the kiln. So I'm like kiln furnace, um, uncompadre, and then your shell on top of it and you, and your golden, right? Um, well, I promise we didn't plan this this way, but it's honestly something we we just put up our mid-season and late-season waterfowl kits on the website. So okay. for everyone listening, go over to firstlight.com and check out our mid-season, late-season waterfowl kits. Uh, but the Uncompagre plays such a huge role um, in those kits, honestly. So we really have uh, the waterfowl system broken up into three categories, and it's really like three layers. You have mm-hmm. performance knits which is uh, Origin, which is our uh, synthetic mm-hmm. kind of wind blocking fleece. And then all of our Merino, uh, that's really your first layer. And yeah. we know that when you're setting up decoys, when you're dragging sleds, when you're super active in the morning, right? You don't want a lot of outerwear on. That's right. Um, you know, that's what you're going to wear so that you don't get super wet and sweaty. Uh, and then though, the transitional outerwear uh, is what we call it. And this is this category includes Uncompagre, Brooks Down, Catalyst Soft Shell. Uh, what those are, those are outerwear pieces that uh, for the mid-season work mm-hmm. great as yep. outerwear pieces uh, when worn on their own. But when it get the weather starts to transition into, we call it transitional because as the weather yep. starts to transition into the colder months, into the late season, all of a sudden you have a couple different options for these pieces that were already in your kit that you were already wearing for the mid season. And we fit them underneath our waterproof outerwear uh, in the LZ shell and the mm-hmm. refuge parka. So really it's extending the seasonality of your, your LZ jacket and your refuge parka. Uh, it's giving you something to wear when you leave the house uh, to the blind yeah. um, or uh, the best part about the uncompagre jacket and the Brooks down vest, those fall into a category of transitional outerwear that we like to refer to as packable insulation. Yeah. These things pack into your blind bag like very, very easily. And especially the unk jacket, which is huge in Western big game for just a packable glassing jacket when you're freezing your tits mm-hmm. off on the top of a ridge. Um, <laughs> this jacket is perfect. It lives in your blind bag. And then when the weather gets really, really cold, um, it layers perfectly. It's designed to layer perfectly under your heavy 
waterfowl specific waterproof mm-hmm. outerwear. So those those pieces are just as important to the line as anything else. And honestly, you know, I've I've said it on previous <laughs> podcasts. One of the stepping stones that we had to getting into waterfowl was that we had already made so many parts of the system that that works absolutely incredibly um for waterfowl and so we we knew we just had to you know to get a a good start uh in the category and to give the waterfowl waterfowler everything they needed we knew that we could boil it down to about five core waterfowl specific pieces knowing that we had this strong foundation of Mm -hmm. merino wool and transitional outerwear um to layer with underneath and to help you prepare for different temperature and activity levels i think that's uh and and to play on that like that's what we're seeing right now like of as we're traveling around and, and philly can can attest to this like as we're traveling around now and we're doing our bits and holding our camps and stuff we're seeing more and more fellas uh wearing wearing first light gear but we haven't uh except for nate white is the only person i've seen wearing the wearing the friggin' refuge bibs yet because he's only 110 pounds soaking wet um, I had I had mine on today and yesterday, but we're seeing all of these. We're seeing we're seeing all the fellas that are that are actually layering and building up to their systems. So now they're at that outer, or what I called the mid the mid layer, which is the uncom. I I call it a mid layer because yeah, um, because it will be my mid layer um at the end of the season, right? So as, as the season goes on, you're seeing a new sure. piece of kit, right? So at first it was just the, the kiln hoodie you were seeing that at opening weekend, then it pushed on to the origin. Now you're starting to see Don Compadre jackets and, and stuff and, and the Brookstown vest, which I've worn um, pretty I much noticed. <laughs> yeah. I've worn on I've worn the Brookstown like every day, right up until I got the on Compadre. Um, yeah. And I mean, honestly, and it gives you a reason, um, you yeah. know, those pieces are so versatile across so many seasons and, and when they pack into nothing like, uh, like they yeah, do, absolutely. And it's something you can bring with you anywhere. Uh, yeah. so when the temperatures so, call for it, you can bring them out. So, um, I guess without stating the obvious, um, the waterfowl lineup has been a huge hit for, for first light this this year like this is the first year where mm-hmm. a dedicated waterfowl line has been established by first light and by all accounts it looks like it's been a huge success yeah well thank you we appreciate you saying that i mean <clears throat> the optics are everything especially from across the border from you uh from you all uh especially as we try to really you know the waterfowl space is it's an it's an old school space um i mean we think about how long especially just apparel, uh, speaking mm-hmm. to apparel, how long Columbia owned the space with, with fine gear, with yeah. good gear. But again, it's, it's not one, um, you're not going to earn the trust of waterfowlers easily. Uh, I think yeah. that a lot of our, uh, customers are not first time first light customers. That's I think right. that they are first light customers that have forever been like, man, if you guys, you know, made waterfall gear, I, I would love that. Cause I would, I would wear it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is going to shift as we move into year two and year three with not only the expansion of our product line, um, to cover other categories, but, um, just, just moving forward. I, I believe that we are, as we get more grassroots penetration, um, we, we start to meet 
the waterfallers on their level sponsoring calling competitions you know showing up uh, in easton at waterfall festival or you know at stuggart at wings over the prairie uh just starting to make our presence felt and you know it has to be authentic it has to be genuine we look at the history of of different brands in the outdoor space that uh that if you want to move into a new category you can quite easily buy yourself in. Um, mm-hmm. You can buy yourself clout. You can buy yourself the influencers. You can spend a ton in marketing dollars. And what I do really like about us, and it is something that uh, that Kevin from the very get-go uh, cautioned us against, was um, can, continuing to be authentic. And so when you see our, you know, our first duck series, um, last year of duck made, uh, it's not following influencers and doing, and doing specials on influencers. It's doing specials on the guys in our office that helped to build the product that had an influence on, on us in a culture. And it's us being us. I mean, you guys saw Casey's duck made. That's no, that's so (laughs) first light. You know know what? I wanted to, I wanted to send Casey a message or ask somebody like, was there any preparation into those PPDC LWX? And then he would just click that off just as fast as he could say those letters. He was, and I was like, man, if he's doing that off the top of his head, that's impressive because it, it he's was quick. He's he pretty quick. quick. I'll give him that. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, buddy. Um, I, I think you, I think you're, you're a hundred percent right. I think, um, and, and it's not just waterfowlers. And, and I think waterfowlers are, are an extremely hard uh, group to impress. Um, but I think it, it's across the board with, with all hunters, especially this day and age, because I think um, not to, you know, to play on the first light model, but to go further and stay longer, right? You're seeing more and more and more of that where, um, you know, the 20 somethings, and the 30 somethings that's that's their gig now like they're they're headed out and and they for lack of a better term they're athletes and and they are they're athletes now that that need um they everything needs to work for them the way that they need it to work in order for them to be as successful as as what they measure success on right um yep. so I agree with you that a lot of your customers on this year's waterfowl lineup has been past uh, first light customers. And, and it was just a natural progression to move over to the waterfowl line. But next year, mm-hmm, I think you're going to see a lot of people not dipping their toes in. I think you're going to see a lot of people cannonballing into the pool and, and, and starting to, to, to drink that first light Kool-Aid, right? Because um, well, we certainly again, hope so. Well, you guys are being smart about it, right? You're not rushing products. You're, it's, you know, taking the time to test them, to wear them, um, put it through its paces. Um, and then, you know, which I, it always blew me away. And I've said this to Dave and Phil a number of times, the first time we met you and when you guys were saying, well, in 2022, we're doing this in 2023, we're doing this. Um, we're starting to look at 2024 now. And I'm like, shit. Yeah, I guess you really do need to look out two and three, four years in advance, um, in order, in order to make this all work. Absolutely. And like I said, I mean, we had to start somewhere, 
right? Mm-hmm. So we we picked the most essential pieces that we had that would uh, make a whole complete system and a very good system at that. And now that we have, we, we take what we learned from that season after season of wear testing, but we also look to where we can fill in the gaps and the major needs. And I can tell you if there is... If there was one resounding comment on our social media when we launched the waterfowl category, it was, where are the waiters? <laughs> the big question. That Buddy, is, it was everywhere. And, and, yeah. and where Ooh. are the waiters? And uh, the waiters are getting ready to go into production right now uh, for launch in 2023. Uh, so we're, world, we're super, super excited to show you guys uh, and show the world. Honestly, uh, I've been um, very, very fortunate in my career just to work with, uh, you know, a lot of talented designers and bring a lot of cool uh, product to market, but hands down bar none um, for myself and our super talented designer. Uh, it is hands down the most technical uh, next level product we've ever had a chance to uh, create, let alone bring to market. I mean, some of That's this stuff cool. you prototype in a in an innovation lab somewhere and it never sees the light of day because it's just not commercially viable and we've we've really brought it home with this one so not to not to overhype it but the hype on this product is as real as it's ever been well i don't i don't well i don't know how much you can say about said waiters logan but are they like early mid late season breathable neoprene i can tell you they're breathable i can tell you that much phil um (laughs) i can tell you they're they're breathable and it's really telling the same uh the same story that we were just going through about then making sure that we have the right transitional layers to uh, make that a full season piece. Uh, And so some of the other pieces that you will also see coming in 2023 uh, will help to support the layering story with the waiter as well. That's awesome. That's I know uh, I've been sending you messages over the last, you know, six, eight weeks. And I'm like, Hey, so uh the waiters um i'm what about this and 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 you know what logan buddy i gotta give it to you because you're like a fucking bolt like i cannot (laughs) get anything out of you and and all i get is don't worry ours will be better don't worry yeah i i've seen that i i know what you're talking about don't worry ours are going to be better ours are going to be better and i'm like it's like squeezing blood from a stone. (laughs) no he's good man well and ladies and gentlemen before we hit the record button um, Logan come on and he was like, Hey fellas, what's going on? And we were like, Oh, good, man. He was like, Oh, Oh wait, I got to go move some stuff. So in the back of his room, if you're watching, we're underneath that picture, there was just a pile of kit and boxes back there and he went and moved them. So he never even let Phil and I get a sneak peek at what's behind them. Um, he got rid of all that stuff right away. So, um, it's exciting because, I don't, I don't know as a waterfowler, like we are gear centric, we are gear centric people, right? Like anything like shit, man, anything oh, we're, we're that's, just, we're just, we're just fucking irresponsible with money. Well, there's <laughs> that's that. really what it boils down yeah. to. I, yeah, I, I actually it. have the, I actually have the research and statistics to prove it. <laughs> yeah. We're just irresponsible. <laughs> Let's be honest. I had the research and statistics. That's yeah. yeah. That's good to know. That's yeah. good to know. Um, so, so, um, now, I do know that, um, so right now, this year, um, everything's coming out in, in the Typha, in the Typha pattern, which is, I, you don't know, buddy, how many people have said to me, I don't know about this Typha pattern, 
But then when they get standing next to me and they actually see it up close and not a picture of it or a mm -hmm. video, but when they're standing next to me, you don't know how many people say, man, I'm digging this. Uh, and really they like Logan McNulty, uh, our buddy that helped pull off that, uh, that uh, a goose camp that we had, he came to me after the first morning. He was like, man, I am really digging that pattern. And I didn't think I was going to like it. Um, but I'm well, really it's good. It's, it. it's good to hear that. And, and it is different. I mean, as waterfallers, we, we do get stuck in our ways too. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and the way we've always done things and that's, you know, that's how I do it. So, you know, that's, that's all, um, you know, understandable, but you know, we, we really wanted to change the game. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And, and moving forward. And so it is different. It's different from what you've seen, but absolutely. if there was one resounding, uh, if there was a common response and mm -hmm. all the polling we did of, of guides across every flyway, cause it's really important to make sure that this thing is versatile yep. for every, you know, field mm -hmm. and marsh environment that you can. Um, you'll always hear a guide tell a client that there's a dark hole. I can see, I can see your dark hole. There's a dark hole in the pit. There's a dark hole in the A-frame. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, and that's what, you know, the birds can see, obviously, you know, mm -hmm. you got to cover your face and um, be cognizant of that moon pie. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's the dark holes, especially you can notice uh, dark color blocking even more obviously in uh, timber, believe it or not uh, in, in deer. So when you're, when you're looking at, you know, some of the, uh, whitetail gear across the industry, not ours, but they like to use color blocking, uh, to try and, and break up the pattern and, and it looks really cool. But the, the moral of the story is that when you use that dark blocking, uh, you turn into a dark blob, mm -hmm. uh, and something that we need to be ultra aware of when we're waterfowl hunting is that the way, uh, you know, ducks are seeing you, um, you know, a whitetail is not going to see you from 200 yards away and then continue to stare at you every step of the way as he closes that distance ducks are going to see you as well at, from 400 feet away as they are uh you yeah. know 20 feet away from you and so the visual disruption that needs to occur at that distance uh of 400 feet um also needs to happen you know at 20 feet and so getting that perfect balance so that you're not a dark blob when the duck sees you from that far away it, it, honestly, it's going to help you stay more concealed uh, against ducks. And again, we all know how important the hide is. You, you absolutely, mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing to yeah. that. What happens when you're out retrieving something in the middle of the river and you're just standing there, right? Or you get caught outside the blind because, you know, you had to go take a leak. Like, and then and you have to do the huddle. Uh, yeah. you know, and you, and you, and you just try to, to, to yeah. cover up and, and, you know, that's where it really makes the difference or the time when you're, you're hunting small water or backwater. Right. I mean, we, we hunt locally on the Creek here and, um, you don't have an opportunity to bring in uh, an A-frame or a pit blind yeah. or layout right. blinds. I mean, you're paddling into these small spots and, and you're, you know, you're, sh you're shooting a, a couple ducks a day and, and that's just the way that we get after it. But I mean, honestly, that's the way the you know, a lot of guys are getting after it. I think back to some of the small waters in Michigan that I grew up hunting and it's, it's a lot of the same way. Uh, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to bring in all the blind building materials that you would like. Uh, and so it's, it's for those instances, you know, it's, it's for not only blending in with your hide well, but in those instances where 
the best hide or the ideal hide that you would like to have isn't available. Um, this is going to give you the edge and honestly, the visual disruption from distance to way up close that you need to have happen uh, to, to fool the duck size. Cause otherwise it's their vision's just too good. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so with the waiters, because everybody cares about the waiters and I want to, I want to beat this to death. Um, so Taifa, but I do know, uh, and tell do me you? to shut up. Uh, well, I, I think I know, uh, but tell me to shut up. Um, there's a new camo pattern coming out in 2023, yeah. correct? Yep, yep. And I honestly, as natural of an extension as waiters uh, was for us, I believe that a timber pattern, uh, timber camo pattern was next in line for us as well. Mm -hmm. And What's funny is that it, this is actually a great segue because as we were just talking kind of about the that visual breakup that you need to have happen uh, from a long ways away to up close, that's driven by having a very light background and then having these large macro shapes um, that hold up at distance and help to break up your silhouette from a long distance, from a long ways in. Well, we know from hunting the timber, this is happening at a lot more intimate ranges. Uh, so macro breakup is super important. Uh, you know, these macro breakup elements, large shape disruption mm -hmm. is important from, you know, uh, from distance, uh, a micro texture and our, our micro breakup elements of, of the timber pattern were, uh, a lot more important. Uh, and especially when you look at some of the things, you know, you look at tree bark, you look at the fine textures that you're going to find in those flooded timber environments. Um, and it was just more, more important that we focused on on micro breakup for the timber camo versus yeah. more the macro breakup for you know a marsh or a field pattern where those yep. birds are going to have a line of sight from a long ways away yep no absolutely it makes it makes a ton of sense um it is a much more intimate hunt um not that i have a ton of experience hunting timber but um uh but it is a, a lot more in uh intimate um birds are are really in your face um so yeah so those those micro i will say too though not to not to just it, obviously it, it is a timber pattern uh when we tested it when we developed it um i mean we lived in arkansas uh, the yep. entire season uh just to make sure that we got this thing right but understandably so the distribution and the use case for a timber camo pattern is much wider spread um Ooh. than just the uh, Mississippi alluvial Valley flood. Oh, absolutely. Flood I mean, absolutely. Uh, anyone who is hunting lake shores, anyone who is hunting open water for divers, mm -hmm. um, anyone who is hunting, uh, river bottoms. I mean, that is, that is going to be your go-to pattern. I mean, yeah. um, you know, even some of the ponds that you find yourself brushing up, I, I could make an argument for, Seriously, the other day we were sitting in a blind uh, where Typha, I mean, honestly looked so, so incredible. I mean, we couldn't have made it look any better. Um, and another one of us had on a cash jacket and we were just looking at it still. And even with the brush that we had piled on top, we were like, yeah, man, that doesn't even look bad in this environment too. So the versatility, I mean, yeah. honestly, the versatility, you look at some of the, you know, the most successful timber camo in the history of the world in Mossy Oak Bottomlands and, you know, that versatility is very important. And so, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that sales, uh, in the space have, have really shown that I can tell you, you know, I see our competitors, timber camo in places that, that has no, absolutely yeah. no business being. Um, so we actually, we actually tried to make it <clears throat> a little bit more versatile 
than our competition to, uh, because again, we wanted to improve upon what was already in the market when we did this. We didn't, we didn't want to just, you know, make another camo pattern uh, for the sake of making, you know, our own camo pattern. It, and really, honestly, we're not going to make a product. We're not going to make a camo pattern unless we truly believe in our hearts uh, that it is the best thing in the market, that it is giving uh, a new advantage, you know, to our customers. Otherwise, we're just not going to do it. Sometimes ideas start out. Sometimes we get all the way down the road, we sample it, we wear test it. And you know what, before you know it, we're like, this isn't doing it. This isn't better. This isn't a step forward. And and we just give it the ax, you know, and sometimes that happens, but it's for the best. It's the best thing for the product. It's the best yeah. thing for the customer. Um, and honestly, it's the best thing for the waterfowl industry in general. I wish more people would get to the end of their development cycle and be like, no, that's crap. Let's not do that. Well, and and that's a testament to you guys. Um, not that I've ever sat in on a board meeting, but just, you know, from what I from what I do know, you guys don't rush anything. Um, everything is very, very deliberate. Um, and well planned out. Um, so when you say you put the thought into it, I, I, I believe it because I just know the, I don't know it a hundred percent, but I, I have a very good idea of what the process is now and talking with you and Kevin and, and learning a little bit about it. Um, you guys are very deliberate in everything that you do. So, um, I can't wait to see this timber this Absolutely. It's it's going to be really good and honestly I I don't want to turn this into a shout out. I actually hate how we're just shamelessly promoting all of our product right now, but I'm going to use the opportunity if you're going to give it to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh I think the best part has been working with the group and just to come back to when you look at our first really our first content that we released this last year and it focusing on the guys uh in our office and mm -hmm. telling their stories and um you know it 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 honestly it takes it took an army uh to do it and um you know I'm I'm fortunate to be uh kind of on the front lines of that but at the same time it um you know it took everyone and we have and that's that's the beauty of it you know it's the beauty and the challenge of waterfowling because everyone hunts their waters just a little bit differently huh everyone's everyone. everyone's corner of the country looks just a little bit different uh Absolutely. and so making sure that we take in all of that feedback uh and listen to everyone because even if you hunt a crazy kind of way and this is how you pack your kid in and, and do the thing, like we, we want to hear it. And, uh, because honestly, it's just going into, into the pool here of, of everyone's feedback. And honestly, what we've tried to do is, is make something that works for everyone. And that is a dangerous line to walk because mm -hmm. what can happen is you end up making a jacket that, for example, that does a whole bunch of things like, yeah. Okay. And but not doing a couple things like really, really well. Yeah. And, um, I'll, I'll stand on this soapbox and tell everyone listening that this shit is the best. It is <laughs> yeah. the best. Well, you know what, Logan, and, and I want to get Phil in here because, um, I have to admit, I don't own this piece of kit and Phil for the last two months has been fucking driving me nuts talking about this ground control pack. And I want to give them the opportunity to talk about it as somebody that that's using it, that's hunting with it. I want to give him the opportunity to talk about it because um, I've heard it and I want I want everybody else to, to just hear how how happy he is with it. Well, happy, Philip, before you start happy. And two, if there's anything 
you don't like about it. I don't know. Maybe you don't tell the world about it, but you can tell me after. <laughs> um, but no, we're, we're, we're super stoked that you, uh, that you were able to use it. Um, and even more that you're having, you know, a real positive experience for it, but I'd love to hear, you know, and I was actually just talking to Damien about this yesterday of like, you know, just really honing in on, on something that, um, that, that hasn't done, but been done before something that we're doing differently that you really liked, uh, are there any specific features you've never seen before or specific features that, you know, maybe we are doing a little bit better, um, than what you've seen in your experience. So this was, this very much came about as like legit a right time, right place scenario. Um, coming out of our last waterfowl season, I was looking into, okay, like, It'd be nice to get like a you know a waterproof backpack, you know, like if I ever go like you know if I'm doing like a photo shoot for someone and like I'm not hunting, like I like I don't want to bring like my hard case. It'd be nice to have like a backpack I can put my lenses in, my body, you know, maybe some snacks and stuff and whatever, and take that out with me to go do said photo shoot for someone like you know like on a hunt or whatever. And then I may have had the privilege on a hunt with some guys from the U.S. That brought some gear up to Canada that I may have got to see firsthand prior to being released and completely and utterly fell in love. So when the ground control got released, it was what August? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think it was legit on the market. Bill knows the date it came on the market better than I do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can honestly say I probably got the first one in Canada. Hell yeah. Um, I, believe, that is I believe it. I believe it. Should have sent you a certificate or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what, a sticker will be happy. All right, we'll uh, see, what I can, see what we can do. But um, honestly, like ne- next to my guns and my camera, this is hands down probably the best kit that I own. Um, wow, that's it, really awesome to hear. Like the, the ability to lay it on the ground and like like and again like what you guys push on your YouTube videos and such, like you know that six inches of buffer. Um, like I went to I went to Saskatchewan. Uh, first week of October, I used this bag as my carry-on on the airplane and had like it it was jam full of shit. Like all my camera gear, some other nonsense, whatever. And again, because of its size, it was amazing as a carry-on piece. And then it obviously it acted as my blind bag for the duration of the hunt at West. Getting a full size camera body with battery extender on the body. The 24 to 105 F4, the 70 to 200 2.8, plus like hat, gloves, toques, um, two, three boxes of ammo, a couple snacks, um, my calls, all this I could fit in it, non issue. Billy, Billy, how hard hard is the case? I want to say. Like, like, um, it, it, it's got some durability. It, like it would, you're not going to stand on it, but no, it, it it's a solid enough platform that you could put your camera on. I would like, I'm putting $2,000 worth of camera gear in this thing. And I have no qualms about it. No, no. I mean, like if, if you put it down on the ground, if you needed a base for your tripod or for your camera body to take pictures, it's a solid oh, enough base for well, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, 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 it'll hold weight. Okay. 
So the sidewalls, just to kind of put it in perspective, the sidewalls of the bag are uh, a 600 denier, I mean, like heavy duty stuff. Mm -hmm. That's then a, a double TPU coating. Yeah. And then that's laminated to a thousand denier ballistic um, fabric. So the, the sidewalls are, are, are very thick. And then there's an internal um, padded divider system that, uh, that again, I mean, I don't suggest using this as a pinata, but if you were to have your $2,000 camera in there and hit it from the side with a baseball bat, I would like to believe that your camera would be okay for maybe one swing. So, so it's got the, it's got the, the shock properties of being dropped. Like, let's say falls at a, it falls off the tailgate of a truck. It, it has, I think the better the shock shock is not a, probably a good measure of the performance of this bag. When Philly talks about durability, um, yeah. it's, it is padded on the inside and not only does that padding provide protection to uh super valuables like i mean honestly phil your your camera system is the probably the most expensive thing anyone is ever going to carry uh in this blind bag and to hear you say that you know as a camera guy um you know what i mean like mm -hmm. not a cameraman but you know a guy who's always going into the marsh into the field with the camera uh, that you that you trust it to protect your bag i mean we modeled it off of camera bags uh kind of for that reason but also because just that the loose organization that you can have on the inside the protection that the foam gives the foam dividers give everything and then the foam dividers also make it super buoyant so yeah. uh, unless you have this thing right. loaded down with you know, 50 plus pounds, um, yeah. it is going to float and keep that zipper, uh, above the bathtub and keep all of your stuff inside watertight. And like, even like when I was out West, um, these, the shoulder straps, they were tucked the whole week. Cause like, they, gotcha. they, like, like, like we were fortunate, like where we were hunting at West, like there was no walking, like we literally drove to where we were, we were sitting. So the ability to be able to tuck these straps in this back section mm -hmm. and just to get these out of the way was awesome because like again everything was right by this handle which is like a, a godsend um <laughs> like i love I, to hear I, that like also. dude I, I could spend an hour of a show talking about this bag i kid you <laughs> i, I fucking down. believe it because i've been hearing yeah. about this goddamn bag for ever since should, ever since it got one. up yeah i gotta i gotta get one, one. like um, and again like and if you go on the first flight website, like, you know, you have the ability to like buy like the Molly system mm. stuff, like, the, you know, there's the shell holders, the water bottle holder stuff. You're into that, you know, like they're, they're weaved on I'm both sides. I'm a big sides fan of Molly. To, to a, like, you, you might have had some past experience. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or nightmares. Yeah. No, I um, have. And, and that's, I, I have yeah. experience with Molly and, and I like, love, I love it. I love it for that. Further, reason. furthermore, like, you know, for walk ins, like the big heavy duty strap here. Like, you know, if you want to throw a dozen decoys on there on Texas rigs or you're walking out and you want to throw your duck strap on there, that'll hold it. And then even like on the it's top It's a good side, thing you bring that up, Phil, not to interrupt you, but we did. Yeah. That was one of the things during wear testings that, uh, that did fail um, was that that loop, the carabiner loop, the gear loop uh, yeah. was ripping off under pressure. Um, and now I definitely do not recommend anyone hang from it, but it is, um, gosh, I think we were plus 200 pounds of pull strength. Um, she, she been reinforced. Yeah, she's, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. she's been reinforced. So it's, I'm just glad to hear that, um, it's working that way for you because honestly, even like, like I said, like this was my carry on to fly out West and I took my LZ and there's the strap, the outerwear strap. The my LZ was strapped on here for the flight out and the flight home. 
That's awesome. He's talking about his LZ jacket there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, there, there, uh, there might have been a photo released today of me holding a big, fat, dirty greenhead wearing said LZ. Yeah, um, rub it in a little down. bit more. You know hands what down. we've... You, uh, you know what? Bag, you need oh, to buy one. Sorry, Phil. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think I, I do have to get my hands on one of those. But I just realized that it's taken us this long. There's a huge Black Friday sale going on right now. Um, we do. We we yeah. do. We got the the gravy boat sale happening right now. Um, and honestly, it is a it's a great opportunity. Uh, Fuck is it we, ever? We haven't gone. Uh, you know, we've been very tight. Uh, promotional. You know, sales have been so good. Uh, with the waterfall line. Uh, thus far, that you know, we haven't wanted to go uh promotional with it we've been you know trying to protect it and um this is just a great opportunity to get some amazing gear that we never planned on on offering at a discount this year um that just made it into you know our our holiday sale and for anyone out there who's been on the fence about you know uh trying out a piece of first light waterfowl gear um or or just waiting for the perfect opportunity uh, this is it this is yeah. it. So I would uh, head on over to firstlight.com and check out all the awesome deals we've gotten on the waterfall collection right now. Yeah, it, it, it is a pretty impressive deal. And, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that uh, you will find exactly what you're looking for at a discounted price. Cause I was looking at all of the items today um, that's on sale and uh, it's a lot of shit that's on sale right now it, it, and it and you're right like that's not something that not to get a dig it's not meant to be a dig but first light doesn't do a whole lot of sales like it's that's that's not their thing right um and this here now that this is coming up black friday and and at this time of year with christmas just around the corner and stuff like what an opportunity and and listen if you're in our area, Phil's area, mine, Dave's, uh, Mark's, um, if you're in our area and if you're curious about it, reach out to us because I've got no problem uh, coming to a hunt with you because you're inviting me to a hunt. Um, I have no problem coming to a hunt and and wearing my gear and letting you see it up, up close and personal. So or. Just or, if you yeah. find yourself in Sun Valley, Idaho, please stop into our new flagship store. Oh, and in, in the very front window from the street, you can see the entire type of waterfowl collection uh, placed very nicely, merchandised very nicely right in front of the store. As, as soon as you walk in, I uh, did, you'll be able to see the full, full assortment. I did want to bring up the store. Not that I'm an insider and I've got a scoop on all the shit that's going on with First Light. I mean... But, but when the store got announced, I was like, how did I not know about this store being that this was being developed and, and, and the whole, and I got to tell you the pictures and the videos that I've seen, like whoever come up with the design to decorate that and the stage stage that store, holy smokes, they are brilliant. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, really, her, her name is her name is Barclay, but it also took uh, you know the full retail team of uh, 
Dom, Keith, Mary, uh, Hannah, everyone um, who, who worked so hard on that store to put it together. Man, um, it, it It's turned out uh, better than we could have ever mm-hmm. imagined. Uh, and it honestly, people love coming there. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, it's, I it's guarded by the friendliest German short hair you'll, you'll ever meet in your life. She might follow you into your dressing room. In fact, by might, I mean, she'll definitely follow you <laughs> in your dressing room. So I hope you don't mind wandering eyes. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's such a, I mean, every time we walk in there, there's people just hanging out and, and talking about hunting and, um, That's and they cool. go in there because honestly, every, every single person that works, you know, in there, uh, you know, Dom, Mary, uh, Keith, that, that really run the day to day, they're expert hunters, absolutely yeah. expert hunters and, and experts in, in gear as well. That's and, cool. um, and so just people want to go in there and as you, you imagine some of the, the awesome retail experiences, you know, you guys have, have had in your life of just being able to go in and, mm-hmm. and, and talk with the local guy behind the counter or girl behind the counter to just, you know, <laughs> the amount of times I walk in there and see people showing, you know, showing off their bucks, showing off their kills, uh, you know, just to the people working in this store, it's a sense of community that we really wanted to drive, uh, with our store. And it's, it's become a destination of people wanting to, to pop in there and see it. And, uh, it's honestly the only place in the world that you can go to see not only first light, but a, a full slew of, of meat eater FHF and Phelps gear, yeah. um, in person. Uh, yeah. all in one spot and, and really see the, the full breadth of the, uh, the assortment and honestly have a shopping experience uh, that is not like uh, yeah, where retail like has headed else. in the last 20 years uh, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sensing, I'm sensing a Punisher waterfowl 2023 field trip. Well, Oh, I've been pushing for that since yeah. 2021. <laughs> Just saying a couple guys from Canuckistan. Yeah. White Idaho. Um, yeah. Shit ton of money. Hey, we know well, how to kill some greenheads here, though. When you're ready, boys. Well, I want to come. You know, I want to time it because I want to. I want to elk hunt at the same time. So, um, I want to. I, I would wanna... not suggest. I would not suggest that. No, I would. No, you want to come. You want to come. Uh, come later. Later in the year. No, later yeah. in the year. I. Yeah. First of all, Idaho has terrible elk hunting. Make sure you tell all your friends you do not want to elk hunt in Idaho. There's no elk gotcha. here. Yeah. Yeah. Steer yeah. clear. Wink, They've all wink, moved. Wink, to wink, nudge, nudge. Nudge, They've nudge, all moved yeah. to Montana. Yeah. Um, gotcha. I'm scooping. I, I, I hear. I hear the elk hunting in Georgia is phenomenal phenomenal <laughs> this time of year oh, I would head there. they've probably got some pretty big bulls down in georgia yeah. actually shit i'm not even lying to you boys after kevin harlander got out of the woods this year there wasn't anything fucking left alive <laughs> holy fuck way. man like living the li- talk about someone living the life of riley jesus no christ no kidding that guy, and and you know what like you're hard to get in touch with kevin's even worse like Oh, at least, yeah. at least, at least, you're in the office. Kevin's never in the office. Well, he he. <laughs> this is this is the busy time, you know. Just to bring yeah. this full circle, uh, you know, this is the busy time of year. It's like once August starts, I feel like all of our uh, major leadership meetings all yeah. happen uh, beginning well, of August because as soon as late August hits, everyone is go 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 go. Yeah. And I mean, it is difficult because. Uh, you know, you do have to keep the business running. And so, yep. um, you know, you can't neglect any of your responsibilities, but at the same time, no one's going to keep us out of the field either. So it's just go, go, go. We can sleep in the spring, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, boys, we're at that 60 minute mark. Um, and, uh, 
I told you we had lots of stuff to talk about, and there's still a few things on my on my page that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, but um, I will. Means, th- it just means Logan's going to come back. Well, I, I'm going to leave us. Um, actually, I'll save that for my last word. I'll give it. Uh, we'll do around the table, and then I'll give my last word as a nice plug, and then uh, and then we'll call our show. So to you, uh, Philly. Logan, again, absolute honor and pleasure to to have you on the show again and be able to, you know, shoot the shit and again, like the gear that you're putting out, dude, like just just keep it going. Like I can't speak highly enough again. Like again, like, like the ground control bag, hands down, next to my my camera and my gun. By far one of the best things I own. Well, below my dog. Below my yeah. dog. Well, thank but, you so much, Billy. I can't yeah. tell you what it means. Um to hear that coming from you guys uh anytime that we hear it from you know such authentic guys that get after it as yourselves i mean you're who we're building the gear for and so to hear that it resonates uh, you know in the field with you guys and it's it's doing what you guys want it to do it, it really brings it full circle for all of us um you know it's validation it's it's helpful for future seasons of, of things that you guys like uh things that we need to work on and and so forth but uh so thank you so much it's humbling you know hearing that stuff it's it's humbling being on the podcast with you guys you know coming on here uh you know talking about waterfall talking about gear let me shamelessly promote the entire line while we while we do so but uh you know y'all are just some some great guys near and dear to uh to first light and first light waterfall more specifically so you know we we thank you and i guess my parting words would just be uh you know everyone be safe this season you know this is uh it's especially coming off of you know big game seasons in the mountain backcountry hunts uh it's it's easy to kind of slip into waterfall season and let your guard down a little bit. Um, be careful on the boats. Wear your weight. Wear wear life preservers. Wear your yeah. wading belts. Um, you know, there's just been a lot of unfortunate accidents uh, already that are starting to happen uh, in circles as waterfall season gets underway here. And yeah, right. uh, you know, we're all doing this for the same reason. We we love the sport. We love each other. We love being out there together. And um, let's just make sure that we can keep doing it from seasons to go. Absolutely. Uh probably some of the best stuff ever said on the show was that last two minutes because very, very true. Very true. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, my final, final thing that I've got to say, and every time I talk to Logan, I'm impressed by something, but yesterday I'm talking to him and he throws out this little nugget that he's just gotten off the ice. They've got a fucking awesome rink. And him and the boys are over under lunch hour skating, playing hockey. And I'm like, what a great little Michigan kid he is. Detroit Red Wings, fucking red blood blown through. And and just, you know, in Idaho. And and you know what? I asked Logan, I said, is there like, is there a hockey community there? And he was like, it's insane. And people are fucking good. And I'm like, this is, is so amazing because Idaho not a state that we got to get an NHL team to Idaho. Like in fairness, where is Idaho? <laughs> right. In I'm fairness, like... in fairness, I'm not sure I can exactly tell you. <laughs> no, it, it's it's left of Michigan. It's left. Keep keep going. Yeah, west. keep going. Yeah. yeah. It, it, if you if you if, if, you, if water, you hit Oregon, you've gone too <laughs> yeah, far. If you, hit the, yeah. if you hit the salt water, you've gone a little bit too far. Yeah. So. Um. But um, Logan, buddy, you don't know how much that warmed the cockles of my heart to know that you're still 
still lacing up the skates. I knew you'd and, like that one. Yeah, yeah, buddy. I loved it. I loved it. Um, he ladies and gentlemen, Detroit. this was episode one. Well, they're hurting right now, but give them two years. I they think they're not back. hurting right now. I'm hey, sorry. Go All Colorado. Right. This is for another time. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I yeah, maybe not hurting, but they're not they're not the the 2003 Red Wings. Let's but let's actually yeah, go. we can actually just recount like all the 90s and 2000s oh, if you guys want to go through. Anyways, all this let's thing, like, uh, let's end this right now. We don't need Another to talk great about episode. nobody living in the past here, Logan. No need of living in the past, buddy. Living the now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 123 of the Union 0430. As always, we are who we say we are. We're not experts. We're nothing other than a group of dudes that love one another's company, talking about bird hunting ducks and uh, having our good friends join us and, and carry on with the bullshit that we go on with. Big love. Until next time, um, like and subscribe there. Smash the buttons. Smash the buttons.